are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everyone. And thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke. Joined again in the co-host seat by Mr. John Schuster. We're going to talk a little bit of U of A hoops here coming up, as always. But wanted to get a little bit into the U of A football prism and exactly what to expect here. Now, when I was coming up watching Arizona football, and Schuster and I have had this conversation a million times, and we're about to have it again because it's a fun conversation. The question always was, what are expectations at the U of A for football, and what should they realistically be? Now, under the Dick Tomey reign, you generally have an idea that about every fourth or fifth year, guess what? You're going to have a top 10, a really good team, probably not a national title team, but a team that can step onto the field and compete with anybody, and that generally bared itself out. Now, people generally weren't cool, though, with, guess what, in between, it's going to be a lot of 7-6, and 6-5, six, six and 5-6 five, five and six seasons, whatever the case may be. Now, looking back at the Dick Tomey reign, was that really the template, and is that the best that Arizona can do, John Schuster? Because I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not sure I do either, and college football on an atmospheric spectrum kind of confuses things as well. It's easy to say that Arizona is in danger of being in a really bad spot. How so? Uh, because they are right now the worst team in the Pac-12. And they were the worst team in the Pac-12 last year, and they were what? At best, ninth the year before that. And at best, they were maybe seventh the year before that. And a then trend. Rich Rod, yeah, you do. It's not a good trend. Right. Uh, and, and at the peak, they... They, they had an early run with Stoops, and then it leveled off, and then it collapsed. And then Rich Rod built them up a little bit, and then it collapsed. And someone was much like Makovic. It never got off the ground. And now Jed Fish is in a difficult position where he basically has to start from scratch. That's good, and that's bad. The good part is there aren't many expectations. The bad part is you <laughs> really? gotta start from scratch. Thing? You know, you're, and, 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 and you're in a danger here where if teams continue to catapult you a little bit, then your ability to move into fifth and then move into fourth and then move into third and then try to be consistently in that second spot in the, in the western portion of the Pac-12 maybe becomes a little bit more difficult to do. And to some degree, it's the opposite of Arizona basketball and what Tommy Lloyd said at his press conference. Tommy Lloyd said, we don't want the struggles of the conference to dictate how good we are we believe we can be good on our own arizona football might need some help arizona football might need ucla to decide that uh that isn't working they may need another inept hire at usc eventually down the road they may need whittingham to finally just bleep and retire to see if utah can be successful they may need Durrell to fail at Colorado. They may need the Herm Edwards thing to just completely on. Somewhere in that line, in addition to Arizona's got to do things to be better, Arizona may need some help to get into the conversation as well. And, and so, because they're in, they're in this weird pocket. And Tommy, and to a lesser degree Stoops, and to some degree Rodriguez, flirted with Arizona being a seven and eight win a year football team sort of on average. But it's so much easier, and we've discovered this firsthand if you've watched Arizona Wildcat football for any amount of time. 
it's a hell of a lot easier to go from seven to three wins than it is to go from seven to nine or seven to ten or seven to eleven. And now, if you're in a position where you've gone from seven to three, which again is a lot easier if things don't work in your direction, you make some mistakes. Now getting from two wins, three wins, to ten wins becomes a significantly more daunting task. And that's what, even if Jed Fish has done everything right up to this point, and by the way, he has, mm -hmm. getting the program to be where Arizona fans want them to be is exponentially more difficult for him than possibly any coach in the history of this program. And I feel if you look at the Pac-12 South right now, the Dick Tomey model is almost what you need to be able to exert. And here's what I mean. Dick Tomey's best teams, and you know we always talk about 94, 98, which team's better. That's not where we're going here, but the point is those teams, let's just look at, let's use 98 for example. You've got Dennis Northcutt, arguably the best receiver in school history. Comes here from Dorsey is just kind of an athlete, not a big time recruit. Jamino talks all the time about his recruitment. It wasn't like Arizona beat at USC for him. Trunk candidate. In ASU's backyard, comes here, starts in the defensive backfield, and then transitions over to the running back position after Leon Callen. You could go up and down the list right there, and there were next to no really highly regarded players. McAllister would have been one, but he had academic issues that precluded him from probably being rated where he should have been. And the reason that I think you almost need to go with that model right now is that Arizona, unlike almost all the other teams in the Pac-12 South, doesn't have the benefit of having some kind of backyard or some kind of linchpin that you can always go to. Just briefly, USC, I don't need to explain if you're listening and don't understand why USC can't, <laughs> then you know what, I can't really help you with that one. UCLA, still, you look at the, the success that they had under Terry Donahue, who by the way, I think is one of the most underrated coaches in college football. I'd agree history. with that. Five Rose Bowls, but you look at it, all of these guys are essentially kind of the mid-tier mid-tier LA kids. Sometimes you're going to beat a USC, but you know what? If we're getting a bunch of really high threes and low four-star kids from the California Imperial or Imperial Valley, you know, LA, excuse me, LA central area, that's an easy template to follow. ASU should always be better than Arizona, in my opinion, because they have more built-in advantages. The fact that they're not is something that I think ASU... Aren't they? Well, they are now. They are now, for sure. They are now. But if you look at it, though, And that's scary. That is scary, for sure. And it, I heard you talk about this with somebody on your podcast last week. And right. I thought it was a really interesting point. ASU should be good because, I'm sorry, when you're in Phoenix and you have the sixth best, or the sixth biggest population, you should be able to get kids. And Herm Edwards hasn't necessarily been able to recruit ASU great, but you know what? He's saying, we're going to go to California, we're going to go to L.A., I'm going to use Antonio Pierce and my staff, and guess what? If ASU kids don't want to come here, or uh, Phoenix kids don't want to come here, we're going to beat them with L.A. kids and say thanks for playing. Utah will always be 8-9 wins. That's the way Whittingham has it. Utah's an interesting convergence. See, you know, to me, isn't Utah the model that Arizona sort of and, wants to and you know what? implement? And I'm not lying here. 
Schuster didn't look at my notes, but that's where exactly I was going to go with that. Utah should be the model for Arizona right here because you're going to waste your time going after these Amon Greens of years past, these five-star kids that you're probably not going to get. Look at what Utah does year in and year out. Their classes are always generally ranked around 40th, something like that, but you're always going to have linemen and you're always going to have solid offensive defensive line play. And if you have that, you're going to win a lot of games. Do you mind if I argue a different, of course. That's why just a little devil's, yeah. you know, go in a different direction here? Yeah. There are two reasons, I think, that Arizona views itself as wanting to succeed in the way Utah has and using the Utah model. And a lot of it has to do with Larry Smith and Dick Tomey who brought physical kids here and made you hurt. You always knew when you were playing Arizona during the height of the Tommy and the height of the Smith era. They hurt you. They, they hit you hard. They were physical on the defensive end. They were inconsistent on offense. Sounds a lot like Utah, doesn't Every it? Every player seemingly was either Chuck Cecil or Brandon Sanders. Yeah. However, look at Washington State, who has the same recruiting disadvantages, if not worse, than Tucson and Arizona does. Under Leach, they said, screw it, we're throwing 70 times a game. So, isn't it a matter of figuring out... We, we, I think we've worked our way into this thought process, and the alumni have done this too, and we see this on the roster. Chuck Cecil's part of Arizona football. Ricky Hundley's part Hard of Arizona edge. football. Just hitting the hell out of people. We're going to punch, we're going to hit. You're, you're going to... Physic, physicality is the Arizona brand when it comes to football. Whatever that brand is, you need to figure it out. And you need to be creative to be successful. Because you can't recruit great players at Arizona because Arizona, for all intents and purposes, outside of Tucson and outside of the alumni, you may not want to hear this. Arizona doesn't have a football tradition. I know that shouldn't be shocking for anyone who's listening to this podcast anywhere else beyond Tucson. Arizona does not have a football tradition. You're a 16 or a 17-year-old in Texas and you're decent, you're going to want to play for Texas, you're going to want to play for TCU, you're going to want to play for Baylor, you're going to want to play for Oklahoma, you're going to want to play for A&M. Do I need to go down the list? You may not even look at Arizona as, as your top choice in the Pac-12. You probably aren't. So you've got to be, you got to figure out what it is. The brand difference between Arizona men's basketball, which is, oh, hell yeah, if Arizona's talking to me, yeah, I could, I could seriously consider playing there, versus Arizona football, which is, huh? then you've got to figure out, like Utah did, like Washington State has done, what it is that you want to be and what avenue you can take to do it well. Because you've got to be different, and you've got to be creative, and you've got to figure out ways to give yourself the best, what you believe to be the best chance to be successful. I think Mike Stoops had that idea, but Stoops' idea was very similar to Tommy and very similar to Larry Smith. We're going to win with defense, and then hopefully offense can ultimately catch up. He was a defense guy. Uh, Rodriguez tried it the other way, and some of his offenses were really dynamic. They couldn't stop a damn thing. Uh, so now you're at a point where someone completely chernobyl the program, and you're starting from a low point to where you, at a time where UCLA might be better, ASU might be better, Oregon is better, Colorado looks like it's moving in the right direction, and you ain't. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be creative and figure out going in, okay, what is it we want to do? How do we get those kids? And what's our plan to gradually get better 
and make it feel like, yeah, maybe there's a chance that something's going to happen and there's potential here. I've got a theory that Arizona football can be something that is a little bit outside of the prism here. We're going to talk about that coming up here in a second, but rockauto.com is the best place for you to get any of your parts because, quite frankly, John Schuster has two different cars. Now, not everybody has the ability to be able to have two cars, and I get that, but you know what? John Schuster hasn't used rockauto.com Yes, before. he has. Have you really? Yes, I've used Rock Auto. Well, there you go. Absolutely. So, so you can speak to Rock Absolutely. Auto. I can totally speak to Rock Auto. Well, then do Needed it. Needed a motor mount. Right. Uh, for, uh, okay, a Suzu 1998 Suzuki Esteem. Do you know how easy it is to get a motor mount for a 1998 Suzuki Esteem? Pretty damn easy if you go to Rock Auto, which I have done. I can tell you testimony, not just one of those folks who's out there doing podcasts and saying, oh, I've got a read in front of me and this is what it's supposed to sound like. No, I'm a guy who has used Rock Auto, has gotten the part in two days, took it to a mechanic who said, you know what you should do? Just buy a part at Rock Auto. Get it at Rock Auto, order it. This is the part you need. I'll put it in for 90 bucks. Done. Much cheaper, much easier, much more convenient. And yes, if they don't have what you want from a part standpoint, I would be very surprised. RockAuto.com. Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. Jed Fish has gotten high marks for coming in and recruiting at a, a fairly decent level. Probably going to be seeing classes somewhere around 7 or 8th in the Pac-12. And you know what? Honestly, I'm okay with that. Because if you can get guys like that as opposed to just being dead last every single year, then it's on you to coach them up. But if you can't do it at that point, then... You know, probably not the right guy for the job. But it's always fascinated me, though, and Anthony Gimino brings this point up to me time and time again, and I think it's a great point, that we're giving Jed Fish kudos, rightfully so, for being media-friendly, for allowing alumni to come back to games, things like that to be on practice, you know, to have a couple U of A coaches on staff, which I don't necessarily even think is a big deal, but you want to do it, go ahead and be my guest. But that to me is the indication of the decline of U of A football so much as it is, that we're all blown away by a coach coming in here that's doing things that, let's be honest, quite frankly, any other coach should have been doing. So that to me is a lack of oversight at the very highest levels that now we're going to start doing things the right way. Well, these to me are pretty easy things that you wake up in the morning and you say, oh, all right, well, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, this week, let's uh, make sure that I talk with a couple alums and let them know you're welcome. You know what? Let's let the media know that, you know what? You can come to practice if you want. We're not taking ourselves too seriously. That to me is really the indication of the crumbling of the Arizona football program because the great thing and why I've had you on as well is that when you were running cat tracks, you basically, I don't want to say had carte blanche, but you essentially, basketball was open to you, 
football was essentially open to you. So in a town where there isn't a ton of history, there was still far more of a community feel. People felt they knew Desert Swarm. People felt they were fully invested in the quarterback controversy as it is with Keith Smith, Ortiz, Jenkins. Arizona football, while not great, had a community-type feel to it that essentially has been gone for the last, what, 15 years? Uh, backtrack a little bit very quickly. Just mm -hmm. a little quick, quick disclaimer. In fairness, Doug Carr and John Mordich ran cat tracks. Sorry. I was along for the ride. Sorry. Anyway, no problem. I didn't read Do that. Credit I only for that. you. Uh, <laughs> take that, Mordich. Right. Um, the, the point that you make is, let, let, let's tackle this from a couple directions. Uh, first, from the Johnny Obvious standpoint. Coaches hate the media. Let me repeat that. It's so damn obvious. Coaches hate the media. Coaches hate the media. At around the turn of the century, so we're now 15, 20 years into this, and, and Mike Stoops was notably a typical football coach, frankly, a typical coach in general. Basketball coaches are this way too. But football coaches are, are just their own level of insanity. Paranoia is ludicrous among football coaches. And there was a story, take this for what it's worth, there is a three-story complex, it's called Sam Hughes Place. Mm -hmm. It's on the corner of 6th Street, right across from the Arizona Stadium practice field, long before they had the indoor facility. Mike Stoops wanted to know, this is how the story goes, who rented the top floor because he was afraid that some scout from another team was going to rent that out, look at his practice, and get a head jump on what was going on with Arizona football. If you think that's QAnonsense craziness, no, that's the mentality of a football coach. They want to be secret, and they will utilize every excuse they possibly can to get that. They don't want the public watching practices. They don't want the media watching practices. They don't want anybody watching practices. So if they can get away with nobody watching practices, then that is fantastic for them. It's less of what they ultimately have to deal with. Unfortunately, what happens is that there becomes a community disconnect, which is bad in a college town. Frankly, it's bad in a, it's bad in football towns too. It would be bad in Green Bay. It would be bad, you know. It would be, it's it's bad in a college football town that needs, especially that isn't winning and isn't getting fans into the seats, to increase and enhance that closed men that that isolated kind of circle the wagons mentality to where it affects the players directly as well. So you had Stoops who sort of started this. He was very different than Tommy. Tommy had um, infamous brown bag luncheons where once a week he'd sit in a college classroom and have anybody who wanted to come over and talk to him and tell him he was a terrible coach if they wanted to. And they'd eat their lunch and chat for a little while and it was just an informal thing. That is ludicrous conceptually today. Um, but what has happened is that Arizona has become a crappy football program that nobody in the community cares about. And the students don't care about Arizona football. At all. At all. The students go for the half. They've pre-gamed before. They go for the first half and look really good a lot of times. And by the half, it's an exodus because you know what they'd rather do? Party at night. they got to get their drink on the second time. Arizona football is an excuse to break up early afternoon drinking and late night drinking. And that is a problem that, you know, they're going to have to address, and it's going to be difficult. The bigger problem 
is when you isolate the football program for now the better part of 15 years, the rest of the community, as you noted at the top, has no idea, no connection to anybody. They don't have, they, 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 they like the idea of Gronk, sort of when he was here, but now afterward because he's the fun-loving party guy. You know, but if they, if the community in general could name for you a half dozen Arizona football players in the last 15 years, that would be a marvelous accomplishment because Arizona has allowed coaches to do a PR blackout and a story blackout that has disconnected a community that is now sick and tired and apathetic of the, of, of, uh, of, you know, what's in front of them. Um, you know, that, that, that it has become difficult to get them interested, to drive all the way down to Arizona Stadium to watch a damn football game because the product sucks, they're disconnected, and they're arrogant about it. So do, when's the last time, quickly, I'm sorry, I'm ranting, when is the last time that we read in a local publication a feature story on an Arizona football player, or an Arizona basketball player for that matter? doesn't happen it doesn't happen that's ridiculous especially when you now need the media which i get you don't like don't want to deal with but you need the media now to be your public relations arm to try to create a connectivity to try to embrace some of the players who are here to try to get any interest for them to come to the football games which is what you ultimately want because if you're recruiting Kids don't want to play in front of 18,000 people at Arizona Stadium. They'll go any of a number of other locations. That's why I think if you're Arizona, you need to try to, the one thing you need to try to copy from the Tommy template is to at least try to make this something where a parent knows that, you know what, I'm sending my kid off to a family. Because you don't have the built-in advantages other places. You're not going to just mono eat mono out-recruit a lot of teams in the Pac-12 teams coming in from Texas to get players, that's just not going to occur. But think back to the Dick Tomey time period. I mean, we talk all the time, Kelvin Efon, who is certainly not a guy from Tucson, grew up not in the best situations, always talked about how Dick Tomey was one of the first fathers that he really felt. And I say that story because I can name off a hundred different guys with that exact story. When guys came to Arizona back then, they came here because they felt that Dick Tomey was that man that it was going to be a fun time here because he was going to be kind of a father figure type. And for parents, whether you're in the inner city, whether you're in rural America, you knew that my kid is probably going to leave here as a better man. I know that sounds corny, I know that sounds cheesy, but I really think that that's the best thing that Jed Fish right now can try to emulate from Dick Tomey. You're not going to get Desert Swarm back. That was arguably the best defense college football's ever seen. If you think that you're going to really get that, then tip of the cap to you, let me know how it works out. But if you don't get that, you can at least sell that, you know what, I'm a genuinely good guy. You come here, your kid will be taken care of, and you know what? Let's try to win some football games in the process. Now, again, there needs to be more that goes into it, but that, to me, needs to be that overarching theme that Jed Fish needs to push out there because Arizona football, like I said, from a talent, 
from a tradition, from an NFL, you just don't have anything. It's not like you're going to be able to right. sit here and say, oh, hey, Gronk went here. Mm-hmm. Well, Gronk went here 15 years ago. And, and in fairness to Arizona, their spring game atmosphere was fantastic. It really was. The the helicopter thing with Gronkowski is genius. For sure. That's PR genius. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's great. And again, this is something we talked about at the top fairly quickly because I know we're close to wrapping up. They have to figure out what it is that works. Because, for instance, let's, let's use other teams in the Pac-12 who have the same disadvantages as Arizona. When Mike Leach was the coach at Washington State, he wasn't a huggy-feely guy, mm-hmm. and everybody who went there didn't go there because they liked pirates. You know, they, they went to Washington State for why? Because Leach is advanced offensively, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Because on the offensive end, you're going to score a bunch of points, you get some defensive coach there, you say, we're going to kick the crap out of people. Okay, maybe that's interesting. Maybe I got some great issues. Whatever it is, I like Leach. You know, but, but, but it's not because Leach was a huggy family guy, was at it? At all. No. At all. What's the, what's the connection with Whittingham at Utah? Maybe it is Tomiesque. I don't know. Maybe. You know, maybe they've got some built-in advantages in the Pacific Island community. You know, that certainly, that certainly works for them, whatever it is. Um, you know, what was it that worked at Oregon? Nike, I guess? Okay. You know, but... but You've got to have something that you hang your hat yes, on. Yes, and I don't know. I'm not necessarily saying, and I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing it either. I'm not saying that the family thing isn't the right answer. I, I think to a large degree it is. That Arizona's tradition of physicality isn't the right answer. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is that as you go into this very difficult process, a process that you have handled very well and that you deserve a fair amount of time to see how it ultimately works, you'd better figure out what it is you do well, what niche you can attack, and make it more successful than a lot of other programs to give you a competitive advantage. Because like you said, you can't go up against USC and pretend you're going to win on a talent-to-talent basis. You have to be more creative and figure out what it is your ultimate asset is and capitalize on that as much as you can. I'm not a sports handicapper, but I will tell you that uh, if I was working for betonline.ag instead of just endorsing their product, (laughs) that I would tell you that Arizona football over-under wins-losses next year should be about two and a half. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats.